This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Clavio. Clavio is a platform that helps growth-focused e-commerce brands drive more sales with super-targeted, highly relevant email, Facebook, and Instagram marketing. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is Steve Busquet. He is the owner of American Landscape and Lawn Science, a company he founded in 1983 in, I want to say Eastern Connecticut. Is that right, Steve? Yes, Eastern Connecticut. In Eastern Connecticut. So, Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. So, you and I spent some time together in Louisiana um, a few weeks back. Few, I guess it seems like a two months ago, six months ago. Um, and uh, talking about businesses and entrepreneurial journeys, and and I uh, I just found yours uh, to be great, and I think it would be very informative. So uh, I wanted to bring you on the show. The uh, so so let's let's start there. I always like to ask people, you know, how did you get here? Uh, what kind of what what was your journey to uh, where you are in business today? So um, since I started in 1983, that's 38 years ago. So the journey was, um, you know, basically did not want to work for minimum wage during college and started cutting grass, uh, went to college, got an economics degree, was going to go to New York City and be a multi-millionaire state trading stocks. I graduated in the spring of 88 and the market crashed in the fall of 87. So that was out the door. And, um, you know, back in the eighties, the goal was if I could make 40 or $50,000 a year, uh, I'd be rich and everything would be great. And so we grew the business, uh, lots of pain, recessions, uh, 9-11 crashes, cold war. Um, so we've been through a lot of different, uh, types of economies. But through all of it, you know, it was all learning experience and we always came up better and we always kept learning. And one of the biggest things we found was um, no matter what the economy was, the people in your company were the number one asset and developing a culture around those people was what sustained the company through all that. You know, it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> I've been talking to a lot of business owners, obviously, uh, we're recording this in the uh first half of April of 2020. So uh, depending upon when people listen to this, it's, uh, there's a lot going on right now, a lot of chaos um, in, in the world, in business and universally being shared. But it's it's been interesting in my discussions with business owners, uh, people that have been around a while, you know, you said 38 years, um, you know, I, I started my business uh, shortly after that. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we have seen a few things. And I think that, I think your observation is right. You generally speaking, something positive comes out of it, some innovation, some way to get, you know, your business going again. Um, you know, I talk to millennials right now and many of them were not even born when say 9-11, <laughs> um, you know, happened. And I, and I think that it's, I hopeful it, that it's reassuring, you know, to hear people that have kind of been through this uh, and, and, you know, have, you know, have come out better or felt like they came out better in the end. I want to ask you as your business continues or, you know, started to grow, continued to grow. Um, what aspects of it got harder for you to kind of wrap? I mean, you'd cut grass, right? So you had that down, <laughs> but you did. Yeah. So, you know, we started cutting grass and then we moved into uh, landscaping and then we moved into lawn applications. And uh, that's the biggest part of our business. Now we have 3000 customers where we treat people's lawns um, and we still do landscaping and we still cut a little bit of grass. Um, 
the hardest part of the business as it grows is uh, really switching from being a technician to being a business owner and um, a money manager and a recruiter and a motivator and uh, managing vendors. Um, you know, you so you move from the technician uh, to really a whole complete different role that no one lets you know when you're supposed to switch and what that looks like and how to do it. So do you ever get a sense that you, that, that while those things are necessary, that that became your role, um, did it ever take some of the, the, the joy and the work out of it for you because, you know, you kind of had to change into a role that maybe wasn't as comfortable for you? So my natural tendency is to sell. So the more time I could spend selling, the more happy and comfortable I was. Um, I had to learn how to manage cash flow. I had to learn how to manage, you know, all of um, how much equipment to buy. What ratios am I supposed to be paying attention to as far as what I can spend on equipment and what should my payroll look like? And even though I went to college and I studied that stuff, it's one thing in a book. And it's one thing when you have to meet that payroll every Friday and you are, you know, chasing down your customers because they're past 30 days or, you know, you have too much month at the end of the money. And, um, you know, there's not a class for that uh, that teaches you exactly how to do that. So that was the most uncomfortable part is the whole uh, the whole money management part of it. And um, that is where I really learned uh, through the School of Hard Knocks. Yeah. So you, I, I recall you when you and I uh, talked about this, you made a bit of a leap in your business through an acquisition. Um, what, uh, what did that feel like? What did you learn from that? <laughs> Was that all, you know, did that end up being a positive? Uh, would that be something that, that you would recommend to others? I know that's a lot of questions, but. Yeah, no, that's fine. So um, we had been buying really tiny, small companies, maybe between 50 and uh, 150 to 200 customers. This company was uh, 1,100 uh, customers that we bought, and we took three of their employees who are still with us. Uh, we, we That happened in the middle of 2018. So with a stroke of a pen, you know, you have 1,100 more customers, and that has to get all entered in the computer, and you have to service them. And um, we were more ready for it than I thought, and it went better than I thought. Um, that's not to say that it was easy, and it went perfect. Uh, I knew there was going to be lots of speed bumps and uh, lots of challenges. And, um, you know, we were ready for most of what we had to handle. There was a couple of surprises, but, you know, we worked through that and uh, my team came out better and um, we did it. We took over that company in the third week of June. So right in the middle of the season. So we were already running our business full steam and then we took another 1100 customers on. So, would I recommend it? Um, yeah, uh, it's a lot of work. Buying and adding uh, more customers or expanding your business, it doesn't make everything perfect. It doesn't make things easier. It's just a lot more of what you're already doing plus the next level. So I get the impression you invest a lot, um, and maybe that's a fairly new thing, but in your own learning, in your own growth, um, how, how essential do you think that's been, you know, as the company's grown? So uh, we spend about two and a half percent of our total revenue actually in education and training for our whole company. And one of the key factors that we have some of the lowest turnover in the um, country in our company is that people are learning and they're always moving forward. And one of the things 
I sit down with every one of my employees. We have 20, a team of 25, you know, and I tell them you can't be the same person next year you are right now. So we have them continually learning. I spend um, about 30 days a year, uh, either in self-improvement, retreats, uh, management training, communication training. So, um, you know, I just don't know with so much that's changed in the last 20, 25 years. If you're not moving and progressing, you're you're out of business. Yeah. Yeah, especially as fast as things, you know, the speed of change you know, has, has increased such. I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Clavio, the growth marketing platform most recommended by other business leaders. In uncertain times, supporting your community and growing relationships with your customers is a strategy that will be appreciated, remembered, and shared. In good times and bad, open and empathetic communication with your customers is key. Email is and always will be one of the best channels for delivering these communications. Just head on over to klaviyo.com slash duct tape to schedule a demo. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash duct tape. So this might be a hard question, but maybe reflecting back in hindsight, um, how have you had to grow as a person, do you think, to fit into your role? Yeah, so you have to shift from that technician and kind of um, in the grind of it every day, and you have to become uh, have become the leader, the motivator, um, someone that saw potential in people and just didn't see in the day-to-day. I needed to see past the ground level, get through the day, get through the week, get through the month. I had to become someone that was, you know, 500,000 feet. What does the next three years look like? What does the next five years look like? And what do, what do my people need to look like and develop to get to three to five years? You told me when we uh, were together that that you you actually have, um, and this might be a this might actually be a formal peer group, but did you actually have industry folks come by and learn from what you guys are doing in your in your business? You want to talk about maybe how that came to be, but also I suspect they get a lot out of it. I suspect you get something out of that too, don't you? Yeah. So I am in a peer group. It's um, Proof Management um, and uh, Monroe Porter runs that group and it's uh, landscapers and they're all over the country. Everybody's in different markets and, um, you know, we visit each other and we share information and, um, you know, you're just not alone because you have that. And I've been in that group for 20 years. So I have, you know, uh, really solid friendships in that group. And we share a lot of uh, struggles and uh, triumphs and challenges and what works and what didn't work. And so I have um, I've had 45 visitors from that group come to visit our company. We have a whole protocol in the program and agenda for that. And I have visited 35 different companies across the country. So going and visiting people and seeing what their books like look like you don't know a business until you open their balance sheet and their profit loss. Everything else is just smoke and mirrors until you get into the guts of a business. And that's what we do. And it's, it's transparent and it's honest and it's helpful. And, you know, everybody is just trying to get you to your goals. It's not a competition. It's not a race. It's like, what are your goals and how can we help you? Yeah. Is that initially a little scary? Oh yeah. It's terrifying. Um, because I didn't have those answers when I first started. I I knew what a balance sheet was, but I couldn't explain what it meant and how it was a tool and how it related to anything else in my business. And with the PL, I was just top 
number focused. And I mean, that's a huge mistake. And I started working in profit first and pumpkin planning. And that really got me to focus on, you know, bottom line, the right customers, the right um, dollars. Uh, you know, not every dollar has the same value. Yeah. And uh, uh, for listeners, uh, Profit First and Pumpkin Plan are, are two programs, books uh, by uh, our mutual friend Mike Michalowicz, um, who has been on the show a number of times. We'll have links to that in the show notes. So the word culture is tossed around. It's such a buzzword uh, <laughs> these days. Um, and, and, you know, every I've, I contend every business has one. It's just whether or not it's a positive one, it's an intentional one. You know, there is a culture. So, how have you, um, how have you tried to direct and intentionally create a positive culture in your organization? So, I struggled with culture probably for the first, uh, you know, actually probably twenty years until I, I kind of figured out what culture meant. It meant, you know, being who who we are, who I am, who the company is, you know, and treating people with respect and honesty and moving people forward and learning. If you don't want to be in a learning company, you don't want to be in my company. If you don't want to be in a company that sets goals and challenges, you don't want to be in my company. But if you want to be in a learning company and a company that has goals and supports, you know, our company culture is safe and supported, which is not kumbaya. It's like, do you have the tools to get the job done? Do you have the tools to succeed? You know, if you don't, how can we support you in that? And um, so we have, you know, we've had three people leave our company in 12 years. It's people stay because they're always moving. They're always improving. And they're always learning. And if you're not that person, you will, they just leave on their own. And you're in an industry that might experience, I don't know, triple or not triple, but double digit, you know, turnover every year, right? I mean. Yeah. Usually it's between 40 and 50% turnover that high, wow. annually. Yeah. Wow. Um, are there some things that you've put in place that, that you can point to directly that, that you think helps support that culture? So one of the big things is we do one-on-ones um, and every, we do a one-on-one meeting uh, every week with my executive team. And it's once a month with the production guys. And we just ask them to share wins and challenges. I mean, wins and successes, challenges. So a challenge is something they control. They can share an issue that's something they can't control, like the weather or traffic, and then something that they've learned and something they want to learn. And then they have to share a, like a big goal for the month and then a small goal. And then uh, they rate between one and five how safe and supported they are. And it just shows we're paying attention and we listen. It's not a review. There, There's no pay. We don't even talk about actually performance, job performance. And... Um, then we also put people through, we work with Dr. Sabrina Starling. They go through leadership training. Then they go to coach approach and it's teaching communication skills. We also have people enrolled in skill path, which is a, a seminar training course. And a lot of times we'll do, they go to classes, how to deal with difficult people, uh, communicating with tact and professionalism, first time supervisor. So we're always you know, laying out learning for them so they can improve and we're, you know, not constantly struggling. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, you know, I, I referenced this idea of that uh, we're in a little bit of a chaotic state with the, this health challenge around the globe. Do you have a sense of how your investment in your people and your culture has kind of served you in, in a, you know, what, what for a lot of people is a pretty challenging time? 
Yeah, it's been very challenging. Uh, so my office manager is working from home. So she's doing as much as she can, but she's not in the office. So her team is supporting her. Um, and we had our landscape manager. He's been out for seven days. So, you know, the whole company is stepping up. I One of the things that, so I take the four-week vacation every year. And when I leave, I know I have grown-ups watching my, at my business, watching my business. You know, I know that their grown-ups are making the right decisions. And so what's happened is, and this started when I started taking the four-week vacations. I've done four of them. So as my 30-somethings act like grown-ups and run the, you know, a multi-million dollar business, they're the, my 20-somethings see that. They step it up. They start acting more grown-up. So by grown-up, I mean taking care of stuff before they're asked, seeing problems before they get bigger, um, just doing things that need to be done without getting pointed out. And that could be financial stuff. It could be work stuff. It could be customer service stuff. So instead of just standing or waiting for things to happen, they're, they're taking care of that stuff. Awesome. So I always have to end with a marketing question. Um, what's, what's been in your mind, the most effective form of marketing for your business? Um, number one, every single year is referrals. And we have a referral program where we, if they refer us a new customer, um, we give the person a $40 check who referred them and we cut a check. You know, they don't get a credit. They literally get money and it just starts conversation. You know, they, they can spend it however they want. And the person they refer gets, uh, you know, a free application, but uh, always communicating over communicating to customers. You know, we do Facebook. 90% of our Facebook is uh, community building. It's not sales. We don't have advertising and stuff like that. Um, but definitely. And then the second one is just social proof. You know, seeing our trucks in the community, seeing we have these little job site signs we leave after every application. Uh, so we're leaving about fifteen to 20,000 signs out a year. And that social proof is huge. So, uh, I don't know. Years ago, ten years ago, I lived in a neighborhood, and this this company uh, this company mowed all the lawns, and they pretty much owned it. They had guys would sometimes like cross three lawns at a time and come back and stuff because they they just did everybody's lawn there. But I, and I think that that's you know that that you know that that's one of those services where if somebody moves into a neighborhood, they they ask their neighbor, "Who do you use?" And if that neighbor's happy, then you know there's a good chance you're going to get that client. Absolutely right. Well, Steve, uh, I really appreciate you taking time. Um, you're uh, you're probably getting ready to you're probably putting on those winterization and like crab grass killer things right now this <laughs> right so it's a spring startup and crab grass stopper absolutely yeah, right yeah. so you're probably keeping busy so i appreciate you stopping by and uh, hopefully we'll run into you again soon out there on the road absolutely my pleasure thank you john